Dublin's electricity system needs an upgrade. Our population is growing and our energy usage is too. That's why Airgrid, state-owned operator of Ireland's electricity transmission grid, is powering up Dublin. We're shaping Dublin's electricity future, upgrading underground cables to future-proof our power system and bring more renewable energy onto the grid. Find out more at airgrid.ie forward slash Dublin. Airgrid, delivering a cleaner energy future. In case you missed it, 2020 with Sean Defoe on News Talk. Hello, you are very welcome to this look back on what was, without doubt, the busiest news year in recent memory. I'm Sean Defoe, and throughout the show, we are going to be looking back at some of News Talk's coverage of the stories that really made 2020. It was a slightly surreal year. Scandals became commonplace, times became unprecedented, and most of our lives were turned completely upside down. You might have forgotten, for example, there was a time this year when we didn't know what a coronavirus was. And while the Chinese government said says it's spreading from animal to humans. Scientists here say human-to-human transmission can't be ruled out. Or the fact that we did actually have a general election this year. Putting Micheál Martin and Fianna Fáil back in charge of our economy would be like asking John Delaney to take over the FAI again in nine years' time. And you might have found yourself wondering just what you did to kill the time during lockdown one. They have a heart and a soul and a mind. I've learned from them. But Carol Baskin hates saying, I can't have these tigers. If he ever had an enemy in his life, it was Carol Baskin. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens, it's Carol at Big Cat Rescue. Carol is the Mother Teresa of cats. So let's rewind the clocks to January 2020. And just as people were recovering from the New Year's celebrations, we got the first taste of what this year would be like. World War III is beginning to trend on social media, and the U.S. killing of Iran's general Qassam Soleimani has brought tensions in the Middle East to a new level. Soleimani was the leader of Iran's Quds Force, an elite military group of about 10,000 whose purpose is to train and organize militias across the region in what's known as a proxy network. It's part of Iran's strategy to achieve security, especially against enemies like the U.S., Israel, and Saudi Arabia, which Iran alone would never be able to fight. Tonight, President Trump is practically daring the Iranians to retaliate, informing Congress by tweet, should Iran strike any U.S. person or target, the United States will quickly and fully strike back, and perhaps in a disproportionate manner. As one crisis faded, another roared into life. These koalas are clinging on to life, desperately dehydrated with burnt paws, and it's a rush to treat them before another fire front comes in. Yeah, so we don't have any burns to the eyes. Well, we've got a lot of singeing of the fur and a little burn on the chin. Around 25,000 koalas are thought to have died in the bushfires on Kangaroo Island. That's half the population here. More than 31 million acres of land was destroyed as bushfires ripped through Australia. To put that in context, that's a larger area than the entire island of Ireland. Locals were keen to tell Prime Minister Scott Morrison what they thought of him. An uncomfortable walkabout for Australia's Prime Minister, feeling the heat from fire-ravaged communities. You're not welcome, you Every single time this area has a flood or a fire, we get nothing. They are angry and frustrated about the speed and spread of resources. Don't come back. You're not welcome. 
pretty much driving Scott Morrison out of town. Closer to home, the new year was only days old when the government faced its first political crisis. A row broke out when the mayors of Limerick and Galway councils announced they'd be boycotting a commemoration event for the Royal Irish Constabulary, quickly followed by councillors in Dublin. Uh, Dublin City Council has overwhelmingly voted not to send a representative to the RIC commemoration event in Dublin Castle. Neil Ring is a former Lord Mayor of Dublin and City Councillor. Uh, Neil, do you support this move by Dublin City Council? Of course I do, um, Kieran, and I was happy to put my name to the motion that Kieran Perry uh, put forward last night. Um, it's absolutely essential that the capital city lead the way on this uh, to ensure that basically the enforcers of British rule in Ireland aren't commemorated by Irish people in, 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 in this year, you know, which, which is the year when in, in March, a hundred years ago this year, the, the Royal Irish Constabulary Special Reserve, which were also known as the Black and Tans, came into came into Ireland and had their reign of terror. So I, I absolutely support that motion and delighted. The, the motion called it obscene. Do you agree it's obscene? Absolutely. I'm like this is revisionism uh, just gone gone absolutely mad. I mean we've had we've had it over the last last number of years with the 1916 centenary and now we're going into the war of independence and all the time you have a certain fa- faction out there trying to revise our history. Then Justice Minister Charlie Flanagan appeared on the Pat Kenny show a few days later after deciding to cancel the event. But in terms of the commemoration, there was no question, Pat, of anybody eulogising the black and tans or celebrating the black and tans. This wasn't a celebration. This wasn't a rewriting of history, but this was a mere acknowledgement in the decade. And as we move towards reconciliation, if we are going to become reconciled with ourselves and the various strands of history on the island of Ireland, these issues must be confronted. Um, why do you think that uh, some of your own councillors um, disagreed with you and therefore voted uh, with Dublin City Council against this thing? Uh, some of your TDs, Noel Rock and Fergus O'Dowd, uh, indicated they would not be present. Yeah, there was a lot of of, um, of anger. I, I um, accept that. Uh, and that certainly informed my view uh, that this is not the right time to proceed. I also think uh, that, that uh, undue publicity uh, or an undue elevation uh, of this event uh, was probably given having regard to the fact that it was the first event of 2020. While international issues and the usual woes for the healthcare system dominated much of the news in early January, with hospital overcrowding reaching record highs, something happened on January 14th that made the entire country sit up and take notice again of Drogheda's ongoing gang war. The news broke that morning of one of the most gruesome murders in recent memory. The alarm was raised shortly before 10 o'clock last night when what are understood to be human limbs were found in a bag outside houses in Coolock. The grim discovery was made at the junction of Moatview Gardens and Drive. Guardi are investigating if human remains found in two locations in North Dublin belong to the same victim. The latest body parts were found this morning in a burning car off Clonliffe Avenue near Croke Park. One line of inquiry is that the remains may belong to a missing teenage boy who has links to a criminal gang. These locals in Drumcon have been given their reaction. It's barbaric, yeah. isn't it? This area's getting just worse and worse. We were born in Merit here. I, uh, we seen the fire last night and the daughter rang the fire brigade. My God. After the remains had been identified, News Talk reporter Henry McKean went to Drogheda, where the news had hit the community hard. Uh, everybody in Drogheda has. Everyone is. Everyone. Well, scared. 
they're all scared. I'm shocked, especially when you know the you people. You know, when you know everybody, it's a small town, everybody knows everybody. And all these people used to be talking, now they don't know what they're at. Well, they're, they're killing each other They're killing literally. each other, yeah. Over f***ing money, greed. That's, that's evil, that. pure evil. That poor mother and father has to look at their own son like that and pieces of manager buried us on. And he wasn't that bad to have the upper. Leave the kids alone, that's basically it. Leave the kids alone. Leave the kids alone. Let them live. When they're doing it, they're not thinking about anybody else. I have a daughter of 16, and to be honest with you, I don't care about people saying, oh, he's this, he's that. He's somebody's child at the end of the day, and all he is is a child. And what they've done, that, 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 you know what, my stomach, it just, it's disgraceful. It's, it's horrible. That very same morning, political correspondents gathered outside government buildings and plagued cabinet ministers with texts waiting for some big news. This morning I informed the cabinet that I'll ask the president to dissolve the 32nd doll. I'll travel to the Irish to do so this afternoon. I've always said that the election should happen at the best time for the country. Now is that time. The election will be held on Saturday the 8th of February. We have the team, we have the track records. We have the plans. Thank you very much. Henry McKean got reaction from voters on how they'll vote and what they think the issues facing them are. Do you think Fianna Fáil will do well? Could Micheál Martin be the next Taoiseach? Have the Irish public, have the people moved on since the crash? I don't think they're still in their minds. I just spoke to a man in the train coming from Torlis this morning there and he still has, he's still hanging over them, the lad, what they did to the country and back in 2008. blame Fianna Fáil for that or, to quote the late Brian Lenhan, we all parted? I know you We did, we all parted, yes, you're right. Did I you did get party. velvet curtains? I did, I got caught in a dress. And uh, we all parted, but I mean, there should have been somebody mind in the house. I've no idea how I'm going to vote at the moment. No idea? No idea. Who do you normally vote for? Fine Gael, probably. But this time you're not sure? I'm not sure, they're all the same. Why do you think they're all the same? The two parties, two main parties, I find they're all the same. A seismic election was to come, but in the early days, Finnegale and Fianna Fáil circled each other for what seemed like the right to lead the next government, with Health Minister Simon Harris setting the tone. So some of the old guard left, and the, the head of the old guard is leading the party and asking people to be Taoiseach. If you put that man back in here, you actually risk all the progress that we've made. So Michael Martin had his time in government, he had 14 years in government, and he has a long record. So we know what he did when he sat around the cabinet table. This line straight out of the Fianna Fáil press office, that you've kind of had nine years, you've had ten years, as though it was kind of, you know, kumbaya. Remember what happened in the first number of years. We were cleaning up Michael Martin's mess. We, the Irish people, working together, cleaned up that mess. And we're going forward, we're never going back. While the clamour had begun in the Irish general election, the early stages of the race to be the next US president took a turn as Donald Trump faced impeachment. For centuries, Americans have fought and died to defend democracy for the people. But, very sadly now, our founders' vision of a republic is under threat from actions from the White House. That is why today, as Speaker of the House, I solemnly and sadly open the debate on the impeachment of the President of the United States. Senators, how say you? Is the respondent, Donald John Trump, guilty or not guilty? Two-thirds of senators needed to vote to convict the President of abuse of power and obstruction of Congress, but they failed to get even a simple majority. It is therefore ordered and adjudged that the said Donald John Trump be, and he is hereby, 
acquitted of the charges in said articles. Mr. Trump denied he'd pressured Ukraine's president to investigate his Democratic rival Joe Biden for corruption, and almost all his supporters agreed. It certainly isn't impeachable. It's not even wrong. Quite to the contrary, this is exactly the sort of thing the American people elected President Trump to do. The votes to acquit came less than 24 hours after the president delivered a triumphant State of the Union address saying the economy has never been stronger and bringing his supporters to their feet. Our spirit is still young. The sun is still rising. God's grace is still shining. And my fellow Americans, the best is yet to come. Thank you. God bless you. And God bless America. Thank you very much. Speaker Nancy Pelosi tore up a copy of Donald Trump's speech right behind him as he basked in the applause, setting the tone for the fight between Democrats and Republicans for the year to come. While they focused on that across the Atlantic, a moment of history passed closer to home that will impact everyone on this island for a long time to come. Britain has left the European Union. We're a sovereign nation now. The people had a a vote and we have honoured that vote. I feel absolutely brilliant. There were celebrations in parts of the UK last night as they ended their 47-year membership of the bloc. But it was a different story in Edinburgh and Scotland where people attended a candlelit vigil. It's just monstrous what's been happening to us. I think this is just another tragic night, quite frankly. Boris Johnson says he's preparing for bumps in the road as far as Brexit is concerned, but he insists it will be a success. This is the moment when we really begin to unite and level up. We will spread hope and opportunity to every part of the UK. But that arguably wasn't the highest profile British exit of the month, let alone the year. The whole thing's completely daft. I mean, they're even calling it Mexit, for God's sake. So Mexit, that stands for Megan leaving... Yeah, I guess the two of them are leaving, but they're only using her name. Otherwise, it would be... What would it be if you put the two names together? It would be Herabsbrit. That's kind of unpronounceable, isn't it? kind of Brexit and Brexit together. I mean, really, talk about a storm in a posh teacup. Ridiculous. So would you support their stepping away, stepping back? Yeah, I mean, for me, he was always a bad mix with the red hair. He just didn't look very royal, did he? But you have red hair. Well, I have very little of it. Not as much as I'd like, but there you go. <laughs> I'm actually shocked. And why are you shocked? Well, the royal family, like, they're, they're so high up. And this Megan, the, the film star, it's getting like America, isn't it? Like Ronald Reagan. So do you think Megan, in a way, is doing the right thing? She could go back and work? I mean, yeah. you're a jackeen. Um, I have to and, walk. and a secret royalist at heart, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> You love them. No, no. You secretly watch, no, I, I'm, watch uh, the weddings at home. Come out with your black and tans. I know you're not. You're not. You are a jackie. You secretly yeah. wave Union Jacks, don't you? <laughs> I, well, uh, funny enough, but here's a quick story, right? I used to live near St. Patrick's Cathedral. And when coming home from school, we used to run in and scream. But what was up in St. Patrick's Cathedral? The Union Jacks. Yes, they still have so them we, there. They still have them there. I suppose it's the heritage. So, what's your message to Harry and Meghan today? Uh, Stepping back. Do it. Leave. Just do it. Leave. Just do it, yeah. And I'll tell them I'd see them in Australia or Canada, wherever we'll meet for the point. And in the middle of some strange international events, a worrying story started to emerge from China. The mystery virus started here in the city of Wuhan. Chinese authorities pinpointing its source to this food market. China says the number of people infected by a mysterious respiratory virus has more than tripled over the weekend. 
There are now 218 confirmed cases of the new coronavirus uh, virus, most of them in Wuhan, where the outbreak originated. So far, three people have died. It's a very serious condition. Four other cases have been reported outside of China. Those infected are being treated in medical centers, suffering symptoms similar to pneumonia. And while the Chinese government says it's spreading from animal to humans, scientists here say human-to-human -human transmission can't be ruled out. News Talk's Year in Review continues after this. You're very welcome back to the review of the news year that was 2020. I'm Sean Defoe and we pick things back up as the election was getting off the ground and as I stood outside government buildings on January 14th as the starting gun was fired. The election will be held on Saturday the 8th of February. Tishuk Leo Varadkar ending the speculation and announcing the election. He said it's a good time between Brexit negotiations. So there now exists a window of opportunity to hold a general election and to have a new government in place before the next crucial European Council meeting in March. Finnegale's slogan was also revealed, a future to look forward to. Unsurprisingly, Fianna Fáil leader Micheál Martin was unimpressed. People in an emergency department today can't wait for Finnegale's future. Finnegale have made the future of many people in this country very difficult and uncertain. So the shadow boxing is now over, and Leo Varanker and Micheál Martin step into the ring to battle it out to become Taoiseach. But this has the potential to be the most fractured doll in history and plenty of other parties will have a say in who forms the next government. I'm wondering, has there ever been such a collection of chancers and charlatans put before the Irish public? Duh. Let's have a look at what's making the front pages. Uh, we'll have to start, I suppose with the Sunday Times because the headline is really very difficult to get away from this morning Fianna Fáil takes 12 point lead in polls Fine Gael has plummeted to its lowest ever rating in the Sunday Times Behaviour and Attitudes polling series falling 7 points in a month to 20% while Fianna Fáil is up 5 to 32% at the outset of the election Given the party's disastrous performance in the 2019 local elections, Sinn Féin leader Mary Lou Macdonald wasn't invited to the first debate on Virgin Media, something the party would threaten legal action over. Michal Martin, Leo Faradkar and Brendan Howland, if you don't mind, think that they can exclude us from government. These three wise men of failed government and broken promises still believe that they're going to have things all their own way. But the debate went ahead without her, and among many other issues, host Pat Kenny broached the idea of a grand coalition between Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil with the two party leaders. It's not my preference, but if it's the only way that we can form a stable government in this country, I'm willing to work with Fianna Fáil, whether that means a constant supply arrangement uh, or whether it means coalition. But okay. it's not my preference. I prefer to form a coalition with old allies like Labour and Independence, okay. perhaps new allies. it's there on a plate for you no, if you wanted a confidence in supply. For we need to be grown up. First of all, as a, we've been very grown up in the last five years, Leo. You haven't been so grown up. I mean, you've just talked about Fianna Fáil facilitating a confidence supply agreement, and yet, yet you go around the place for the last uh, week or two calling us reckless. And there's been more personal attacks from Fine Gael on me than there has been on policies around education, um, uh, childcare, uh, and other areas. That's the type of campaign you've run. And towards the end of the debate, one question in particular caught the Taoiseach off guard. Final question to both. An honest answer. Have you ever taken illegal drugs in Absolutely. any shape or form? No, I never have. Do you ever 
you know, answered that question in a hot press interview about 12 or 13 years ago and I answered it truthfully. Which is? <laughs> Which is? The answer that you did? But yes, but it was obviously a long time ago. That hesitation prompted plenty more questions for Leo Varadkar when he appeared on the hard shoulder with Ivan Yates. When is the last time that you took any form of cannabis or illegal drug? Look, I, I suppose I was caught off guard by, by the question. And even though I've been asked it before and I've answered it before. And, you know, what I never want to get into is uh, that kind of, you know, those kind of... Obviously, it was all when I was in, a student and in college. So you haven't... But, um, the last time would have been... Before two thousand and four, no, like I, 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 I'm not the only former teacher who has, by the way. Um, I'm not saying it's but, wrong. Um, I mean, I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not here. Like I drink too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? I bet too much. So, so I'm not. So do I'm, I on occasion. Yeah. But it's not the kind of thing you know that that, that I ever want to get into much detail about. Largely because um, I appreciate that I am Taoiseach, that I am a role model in a way, uh, and I don't want to send out the message to young people who are under pressure to experiment with drugs or try drugs that it's kind of okay and sure the Taoiseach did it and it's in any way cool because it's not. Um, uh, illegal substances can be very deleterious uh, to your health. So, so when, what is the answer to the question? When did you last consume any sort of substance like that? Back, back, back when I was a student. Right. Like, are you afraid that someone said, "Well, sure, I was at a party in Castle Noxure and he was off his head." Yeah, well, I'm look, I'm I'm a, I'm a great believer that politicians should be able to have a private life, uh, and should be able to have a uh, a private past as well. And um, you know, I spent the last three years with two guardy with me at, at all times, so you know, I think that probably answers that question. But Varadkar wasn't the only one who faced awkward questions from Ivan. <laughs> Give me one word to describe Leo. Um, ah, look, I. I um, one word to describe Leo. Um, oh, um, can you describe Leo in one word? You can, yeah. Um, let me think now, yeah. Um, <laughs> you stumped me there now with that one, yeah. I don't want to be, I don't want to be personal or anything like that, but I'll just simply say, look, um, let me think now. Um, 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 spin. And, and Mary Lou McDonald, one word. Uh, look, I think these are unfair no, questions. No, no, I'm not going to, I'm just going to ask you those two. Um, let me see, <laughs> those, those two. Um, let me think now. Um, full outrage. As the election wore on, the polls began to tighten. Positions became seemingly set in stone. And Micheál Martin let the electorate know that under no circumstances was he doing business with Fine Gael. We will not be entering into a grand coalition. The people want change. It's very clear the message we're receiving. People want change in this country. They want Fine Gael out of office. I've made it very clear. We want to go into government uh, with other centre parties. And Leo Varadkar wasn't slow to hit back. But listening to Deputy Martin, or, or Micheál Martin rather, uh, speaking about the enterprise and the, eco- uh, the enterprise economy and the economy um, uh, really is quite extraordinary given Fianna Fáil's record in crashing the economy nine years ago. Putting Micheál Martin and Fianna Fáil back in charge of our economy would be like asking John Delaney to take over the FAI again in nine years' time. But change was afoot as the campaign entered its final week. Gone was Fianna Fáil's 12-point lead in the polls. And as people heard more and more during the campaign, one party began to make an historic surge. (laughs) 
Sinn Féin and Fianna Fáil are neck and neck to win the general election according to the latest opinion poll. There's Mary Lee McDonald's party on 24% tied with Fianna Fáil and three ahead of Fianna Gael. Speaking on News Talk Breakfast, political editor with the Business Post, Michael Brennan, says it shows the Sinn Féin surge is continuing. It's quite astonishing with six days to polling day they are joined top in this poll on 24% with Fianna Fáil. They're up five points since their last poll a week ago and this really is going to shake up uh, the, the final election debate in a big way. They've never been top on that joint voucher. Sinn Féin is the most popular party in the country, according to the latest opinion poll. Mary Lou Macdonald's party has overtaken Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil to be in poll position, just days out from voting. Uh, you probably mathematically don't have enough numbers for Mary Lou for Taoiseach. It won't be a mug uh, this time around. Will there be a mug at the next election? Well, let's get this election done first. And um, I, I just very much hope that people will come out and use their vote. All across the land, they're telling us that uh, people are telling me directly, we want change and they see Sinn Féin as an alternative. As Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil sense danger, they rounded on Sinn Féin, a controversy world about the 2007 murder of Paul Quinn and comments made by Sinn Féin politician and former IRA member Conor Murphy in which he claimed that Mr Quinn was involved in criminality. It escalated to a row about Sinn Féin's connections to the IRA and took up a good chunk of the final debate of the campaign on RTE. Are you for or against the Special Criminal Court? I'm for the courts. You're I'm against, against, against the Special Criminal Court. Court. But you're against the Special Criminal Court. No, sorry, we're you asking answer, the question. Sorry. Mary Lou. I am for the courts. The Special Criminal Court exists. I accept that we need mechanisms and special powers. What we have been calling for for the last four years is for a review led by a High Court judge to ensure that the courts the Gardaí, the DPP's office. Do you personally believe the special criminal the court full should remain, Mary Lou that they need to keep Do you personally believe safe? the special criminal court should remain? Yes or no? It's I simple. believe that we need special powers to do. We've twenty-first. We have twenty-first century criminals. We need twenty-first okay. century processes. We didn't get an answer. I'm actually moving them. on to housing. I think that's a very clear. The leader of Sinn Féin will not give you a straight answer to a straight question because she doesn't want you to hear the answer. And, the re- and we're going to see a lot of this tonight. But actually, people at home will have heard that. We don't need to no, dwell can, on that. Can I, I help by clarifying? No, can I clarify in this way? The abolition point. of the court is not in our manifesto. No, but Sinn Féin have voted against the offences against the state. Sinn Féin have voted against the offences against the state act every year since they came into Doyle. A simple reason why the IRA old comrades decided they could never vote for the Special Criminal Court or support it. That's the reality of what But it was an argument that wouldn't land home with the electorate. From what we're seeing announced in the past 30 seconds, pretty extraordinary results here. Uh, unprecedented results, I think, Andrea. It's as follows. Fianna Fáil, 22.2%, Fine Gael, 22.4%, and Sinn Féin, 22.3%. A three-way tie among the largest parties, something we've never seen before. Uh, I'm getting a headache thinking of government formation possibilities already. Derek Leary, the Fianna Fáil d- d- Director of Elections. Um, how's it going? Morning, Ivan. Um, it's been better. Um, this, uh, I'm not going to hide that. Certainly disappointed with the exit poll. But look, um, it's the early days and we're going to be involved in a lot of battles. 
Sinn Féin might be wondering, Ivan, why they did not field a second candidate here based on early tallies. There are six districts in this five-seater of Wicklow, 20 candidates in this, but only 42 Sinn Féin candidates across the country. John Brady could have done with a running mate. Early days, Ivan. This is the Grand National, but John Brady is way out in front. But Jennifer Whitmore, the surprise. And there will be some fallers here at Beecher's Brook over the next couple of days. It's going to be a long count. Going to go into tomorrow, Ivan, here in Wicklow. We've had a great team and a great campaign. We've really ran hard. Never seen a bigger effort, particularly on the ground, to canvassing and every campaign kind of running their own thing. I think we're in a chance of double figures, and if we do that, it'll be a good day for us. Yeah. It's the end of the Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael. They should merge now. I think. Well, you'd love that, of course. Well, I think it has to happen at some level. Michal Martin, it's over for him. He's had three bad elections. Now, well, the first he, one he, wasn't it's, it's his not fault. necessarily over. He could still be Taoiseach. I, I, I don't think it's flotsam at this stage for him. And he's failed three times. Two of them are definitely his fault. Yeah, because he can't really blame, can't really blame him for 2011. But, uh, but the Fianna Fáil of, you know, Charlie Hawley or Abel Reynolds is gone. Okay. And they need to recognise that. Uh, and they also need to recognise that Dublin, the city we're in right now, is gone Republican left green. Okay, well, speaking of Republican left green, have a listen. Here's Desi Ellis with his supporters uh, breaking out into a rendition of a pretty well-known rebel song uh, when he came in, uh, in, in, I think it's in the RDS, as the votes, were, as the tallies were being counted in, uh, in Dublin Northwest. Have a listen. You talk about like a all change in politics. You're singing a song that's a hundred years old. It sounds like uh, not much has changed. And it's a good song, but I don't think any of them will be entering the voice very soon either. <laughs> no. As you can hear by the applause behind me, we're expecting that the arrival literally in the next couple of seconds. In fact, there she is, the Sinn Féin leader, Mary Lou McDonald. Say this as loudly as I can. So uh, obviously, this uh, election was all about change. Uh, Sinn Féin went to the people and. And we convinced them in very, very large numbers that we are the alternative, that we are the vehicle for change. Um, we asked people to, to give us a chance, a chance to deliver the, the platform that we have set out. Uh, and that platform is about solving the housing crisis. That grand coalition that would give you stable government, does that have any attractions for you at all if you were the, the leader of that grand coalition? Look, Pat, as I said, you know, I, I think there will be a lot of talks over the, the, the remaining weeks and I'm not making any kind of declarations today as to what may happen or may not happen because <laughs> it depends on the numbers uh, that Fine Gael have, Fáil have, Sinn Féin have, Greens, Social Democrats... Uh, there may be more parties involved in this than people are suspecting t today. We've lost seats, but um, we still have a strong mandate. Uh, and we may well have more seats in the Dáil than Sinn Féin, so we still have a strong mandate. A lot of people did uh, agree with our message. Also, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people didn't. Um, and, uh, you know, again, I would ask the question, what was the alternative? Uh, what, what would we have, how we, what campaign could we have run alternatively? Would we have said, uh, Brexit is in the bag, the economy is fine, you don't need to worry about these things anymore, and then campaign solely on, on housing and health? I don't think that would have worked for us. Uh, but, you know, I'd be curious to know if people have an alternative uh, strategy that they think uh, are alternative message that would have landed better.
As the dust settled, Fianna Fáil was the largest party with 38 seats, narrowly followed by Sinn Féin on a record 37. Fine Gael's numbers dropped to 35 TDs, while the Green Party returned a record 12 seats. A marathon process of government formation was about to start, but soon all the events and issues of February's election will be taken over by one, as COVID-19 took hold in Ireland. Back after this. Welcome back to News Talk's look at the manic year that was 2020. I'm Sean Defoe and when we left you before the break, the general election had thrown up a deadlock of a result. Long and protracted and, if truth be told, rather boring talk started among the main political parties, none of which had much of a desire to have anything to do with the other. But as political wrangling continued, more and more people started to pay attention to the new virus coming out of Wuhan in China. At the end of January, reporter Stephanie Rowan gauged the public's mood for the Pat Kenny show. I've thought about it, but I'm not nervous. Because every few years there's this panic about a new outbreak of, you know, whatever whatever it is. SARS or this, and it never seems to uh, become the epidemic that I think it's going to become. But um, yeah, but I could be t- I could be completely wrong about that, of course. It hasn't travelled to Ireland yet, so um, hopefully that won't be the case. Oh, it's, it's very concerning. It's very concerning. There's an incubation period of 12 days, I believe. So you don't know if people have the virus. It's it's very it's very disturbing. It is really. It's another global issue. No concern at all. No, no. If it hits, it hits. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Obviously, yeah, it's terrifying. Um, but hopefully, we don't get to that stage over here. So everyone's talking about it, like, but um, I'm sure they'll get it under control over there. No. Um, but I suppose if it did start becoming prevalent around or closer to home, I think we would get worried, yeah. And I think also we've got to give the scientists time to come up with a solution. It's very early days. Um, I think not a lot is known, right? Yeah, I think it's worry for everybody, but I wouldn't be overly concerned. Would you or have you ever wear, worn one of those surgical masks? No. Well, apart from sanding or something. I would if, if if I thought it would help. If the risk was high, I would think I would wear a mask, yeah. Well, I wouldn't go to Wuhan. <laughs> There's not enough information about it now, at the moment. Uh, it's been it's, it's out very slowly, I suppose. But um, I will see, I mean, yeah, just, uh, just don't go to China. As attention began to shift more and more towards the new disease, Susan Kyo covered the story on News Talk Breakfast. A quick look at Saturday's front pages. It is wall-to-wall coronavirus on the front pages of Saturday's papers. This morning, I have to say, Irish Independent, coronavirus alert. Church suspends the sign of peace. And the Irish Daily Mail, sign of peace at Mass is banned. Uh, The sign of peace to be suspended in most Catholic Masses here. The Irish Examiner, tourism fears as coronavirus may hit the Olympics and the Euros. Questions being raised about major sporting events. Uh, Irish tourism chiefs are on high alert amid concerns over the summer season while questions are being raised about major sporting events including Euro 2020 and the Olympics if the coronavirus threat is not contained. And then on February 29th Ireland had its first case. A man in the east of the country is Ireland's first confirmed coronavirus case. The National Public Health Emergency Team says he was identified and tested in line with established protocols for the investigation of suspect cases of COVID-19. The infection is associated with the travel from an affected area in northern Italy. We might have a listen to uh, Dr. Tony Holohan, Chief Medical Officer with the Department of Health, speaking at a briefing that was held last night. And the diagnosis relates to a male 
uh, in the east of the country and arises as a result of return from one of the affected areas that's been identified and in this particular case, uh, the north of Italy. Uh, we've been preparing for this eventuality for months and I've been saying for some time that a case arising here is not unexpected and in and of itself wouldn't lead to any change in our policies or, or procedures. Uh, we know that the individual in this case has obviously followed advice, listened to the advice that we've put out uh, in relation to the symptoms, in relation to, to the travel from affected areas, and identified themselves to the authorities which enabled the diagnosis to be made. We expect on the basis of the experience in other jurisdictions uh, that we have a high likelihood of containing the cases here. Our pal, the Professor of Psychiatry in Trinity College, Dublin, Brendan uh, Kelly, uh, has joined us. Uh, he's penned a few words um, on this topic. You're most welcome, uh, Brendan. If we could start with a uh, sort of on the spectrum of, um, you know, stay, stay calm, don't panic, carry on. Uh, do you think we're all in the right uh, appropriate space? Well, uh, I mean, we're in different spaces and it's changing all the time, but uh, I mean, the advice is to, obviously to remain calm. I think there is a degree of panic going on um, that's not necessarily justified and isn't uh, helpful is the most concerning thing. Um, so on the on the scale of being entirely calm and panicking, I think we should be concerned and attentive, um, but there is no indication there is any justification for panicking, even if it served a purpose, which it wouldn't. And the health advice is very clear um, that the best way to prevent uh, transmission, community transmission, of the virus is to is a good hygiene. That's hand washing, keeping surfaces clean with uh, disinfectants that you can buy in the supermarket, and particularly coughing and sneezing, either using a tissue and then disposing of it immediately afterwards and washing your hands, or else if you don't have a tissue, turning around fully sneezing right into Isn't your elbow. Isn't that disgusting? Sneezing into your elbow. I mean, well, nobody's nobody has said called it out for what it is. Like all your germs would be on your arm. Well, it's I think that's repulsive. It's significantly better than all your germs being on the face of the person you're talking to. Why not to? just hold your nose and, and don't sneeze? <laughs> That's sometimes not possible. When you got to sneeze, you got to sneeze. So you need to deal with it, either with it turning away using a tissue, or if you don't have that, into your elbow. You might find that disgusting, but it's wow. far, far better than Gross. sneezing into the face of somebody else. And it does help. These are very powerful measures. People seem to think that they're not important. These are, in fact, the most important things, regardless of what age group you're in, uh, for preventing the spread, uh, the spread of coronavirus and, indeed, many other things. When you see shots of this on our TV screens from abroad, uh, in South Korea, in China, in Japan, people walking up and down the street have masks on. And yet you're saying people here shouldn't wear masks. That's absolutely correct. Again, the WHO is very clear. Masks are only helpful if you have coronavirus. If if you are um, a healthcare worker working with someone who are caring for someone who has a confirmed um, coronavirus, um, it does not uh, deliver any protection at all otherwise. Um, and moreover... Well, it probably wouldn't do any harm now. Like if, if the germs were coming at you, to have the mask there means you mightn't take them in. Like. The mask is designed to stop you spreading germs out. That's its purpose. Um, uh, moreover, there is harm. If millions of people use face masks that they don't need, we're quite literally going to run out of face masks. 
Ivan Yates on the hard shoulder back when we were all still figuring out just what Ireland's first case of Covid would mean. A month out from the general election and with no government in sight, caretaker Taoiseach Leo Varadkar boarded a plane bound for Washington DC for the annual trip to the White House. But in the Oval Office, new hygiene guidelines provided something of a barrier to the usual diplomatic niceties. Well, we didn't shake hands today and uh, we looked at each other and we said, what are we going to do? You know, it's sort of a weird feeling. And we said at the same time, we did this. You know, I just got back from India and I didn't shake any hands there. And it was very easy because they go like this and Japan goes like this. Uh, they were ahead of the curve. Okay? Now, we looked at each other and we said, and we also had a lot of press staring at us. Right? We're saying, we're supposed to shake hands. And when his group of very smart representatives uh, came in, who I know, uh, likewise we didn't. It's a very strange feeling. You know, I was never a big handshaker, as you've probably heard. Uh, but once you become uh, a politician, shaking hands is very normal. And it's a very strange feeling when people that you know and like, they walk up and say hi, and they're just like this. Uh, we were saying it's a little bit it, it's feels, a little bit it almost feels, feels impersonal. It feels like you're being rude, but... We just can't afford to think like that for the next few weeks. The night before, Donald Trump had announced the closure of the borders to foreign travel, but still said the problem would be gone soon enough. uh, Certainly with Europe, we think we can go hopefully very quickly. They have some hot spots that are really bad, but uh, they'll get them better. Germany, I guess, has some problems now. Uh, France has some problems, some pretty big problems. And Italy, of course, is uh, probably record-setting in terms of what they've gone through. Italy's having a very hard time. Uh, but we think we'll re-establish very quickly once this ends, and it's just a question of time. And I think it'll go pretty quickly. Uh, stay away from uh, people and wash your hands and do all of the things that we're supposed to be doing. But back at home, there was a double blow. A woman with an underlying health condition is the first person diagnosed with COVID-19 to die in Ireland. She was one of 34 people to have been confirmed to have contracted the virus here. The elderly woman was initially being treated in hospital for respiratory problems when she was diagnosed with the virus. In a statement, Chief Medical Officer at the Department of Health, Tony Holohan... And I want to take the opportunity to express our sincere condolences to the family of the person concerned and ask that you have uh, respect uh, uh, for the confidentiality uh, and the privacy of the family and the individual at at this difficult time. The World Health Organization has declared COVID-19 a global pandemic. Its Director General, Tedros Ghebreyesus, says they're becoming increasingly worried. We're deeply concerned both by the alarming levels of spread and severity and by the alarming levels of inaction. We have therefore made the assessment that COVID-19 can be characterized as a pandemic. News which led to Taoiseach Leo Varadkar delivering the first of many speeches on the steps of the US President's guest house in Washington. I need to speak to you about coronavirus and COVID-19. We have not witnessed a pandemic of this nature in living memory. And this is uncharted territory for us. We said we would take the right actions at the right time. And we have to move now to the greatest impact. So from 6pm today, the following measures are being put in place and they will stay in place until the 29th of March. Schools, colleges and childcare facilities will close from tomorrow. Where possible, teaching will be done online or remotely. Cultural institutions will close as well. Our advice is that all indoor mass gatherings of more than 100 people and outdoor mass gatherings of more than 500 people 
should be cancelled. The shops will remain open and we have plans to ensure that supply chains will not be interrupted. We need public and businesses to take a sensible, level-headed and responsible approach during this difficult time. By now reality was starting to hit that something big was happening and the race for personal protective equipment across the world was starting, including on Moore Street. It's uh, two euro, three for a fiver, face masks. In the days that followed the Taoiseach's announcement, Kira Kelly had one of her own to make. Um, I have something to tell you all. Uh, you may have heard that there were 69 new cases of coronavirus overnight. Well, I am one of them. I have the coronavirus and I have been broadcasting from the hot press for a reason. I am in self-isolation since the weekend when I became unwell with it. Um, for me, it felt like a bad flu. I had a sore throat and I had a tightness and a burning in my chest and I was a bit short of breath and I was very tired and a bit dizzy and a bit wobbly when I stood up and I guessed I had it. Um, I'm very rarely ever sick and particularly the burning that I was having in my chest and in my respiratory tract was something I'd never had before so I got a test on Sunday. A lovely paramedic came in full gear to my house and swabbed my throat and up my nose and last night I was informed that I have COVID-19 I have Corona. The situation continued to worsen and heading into the last weekend of March, the Taoiseach took to the steps of government buildings for another announcement that no one ever thought they would hear. So with the fact from midnight tonight, for a two-week period until Easter Sunday, April 12th, everybody must stay at home in all circumstances. The virus might be in your household already, so please don't spread it to somebody else's. Sadly, this prohibition includes social family visits. Shielding or cocooning will be introduced for all of those over 70 years of age and specified categories of people who are extremely vulnerable to COVID-19. We can influence what's going to happen to us next. There is no fate but what we make for ourselves. The country was plunged into an unprecedented lockdown as the caretaker government struggled to get to grips with skyrocketing case numbers and a disease that capitalises on contact with the people we hold most dear. What was meant to be two weeks we all know became a lot longer and that's where we'll pick up our 2020 year in review at the same time next week on News Talk. You can listen back to the show on Newstalk.com or wherever it is you get your podcasts. I've been Sean Defoe. Have a very safe and happy new year and thanks for listening.